On this week's show, robbed of a dream opportunity, we catch up with folks in Victor Boss, Neil Cogley. Yeah, it's just so disappointing for them, because obviously it's made me our biggest game for them perhaps in recent years, you know, and, uh, you know, if they can't be there, it's not, definitely not quite the same. An upbeat despite defeat, Ramsgate boss Matt Longhurst after their loss to Hastings. But if it would have been nil-nil, I don't think anyone would have really argued. I thought we both kind of cancelled each other out. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, unfortunately this week we're part football show, part medical briefing, as we wait to see what the current restrictions will bring, which will impact not only football but the rest of our lives as well, it seems. Uh, we do have two good interviews for you this week in what will be our Christmas special, but right now, who knows if there's going to be that much special about the next few days. Uh, I'm John Phipps, which seems at least going to get some compensation for the government for ruining our trade. And on the line now is a man who I'm sure will be full of Christmas cheer. He's just finished his wrapping, I understand. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Well, I didn't actually do the wrapping because my, well, a wife, one of my wife's friends turned up. So, to be fair, I am the worst rapper in all time. I wrapped one present with, with Megan yesterday and we had sort of had an argument because she kept losing the uh, end of the sellotape. Do you know that I have to fold it over yeah i hate standing there for hours trying to screen it back so that didn't that was only one present so and i my wife would not trust me to wrap anything that uh would be given to somebody outside this house well i know that the the gerard girls don't really tend to listen to this show but uh, i'm pretty sure that matt would therefore appreciate one of those fancy sellotape things that we've got which keeps the end for you and rips the definitely need one of them yeah but yeah i wouldn't be trusted anything outside this house so it's got to be, she does that thing with the scissors, you know, when you make it all curly. Oh, nice. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, again, you know, I've got a tight wad, like Christmas cards, you'd get five pence ones, you know, one from the card direct when you get hundred for a pound. People <laughs> would get that. And wrapping paper would just be the thinnest paper you could, but you can't do that, can you? You see, I've like, found over time that what works best for me is like, I have to have the wrapping paper that's got the uh, the squares on the inside so uh, you can yeah, actually cut in a straight line. It, it, it's a godsend. And, and uh, it was Haley's birthday last month and I didn't have that sort of paper and, and it did show. But I got quite ahead of myself, actually, and did all my wrapping uh, last weekend. So I'm, I'm in, in pretty good shape. So I've just got a couple more bits to wrap and then uh, all good to go. I, I, I don't like wrapping. I have no talent for it. But Haley's much like, Mrs. Gerald, although perhaps not on the same level, um, she's an exceptional rapper. She's so good, in fact, that she's it's impossible to get into presents. And mm. like when we go and see the God Kids and stuff, like they're three. Oh, it's your Christmas present, and they're like there for like ten minutes trying to open it. Mm. <laughs> also, and other people say go go to B and Q or Home Base, and you take some pump because you get nice wallpaper. And I know people who take samples <laughs> and use that as their as a wrapping paper. Don't have to pay for it. Wow, I don't know that if that is... is illegal. You could you could say I'm just taking this five meter roll to see what it looks like on my wall. But really, I don't think they're going to give you a five meter roll, are they? They're just going to give you like. No, uh, I think you, nobody's going to take it. You can cut as much as you want. Crikey! So that, again, that that may be totally against things, but that a lot of people do that. They, you know, that because you get nice that sort of um, raised paper, don't you? The old wallpaper. Yeah. So people yeah. use that. Well, people. AKA my sister-in-law. There you go. I'll give it away there. She could be just, going down for that now. I just want to clarify, as 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 always, that the uh, the views expressed by Matthew Gerard in this show are not necessarily the views of the Kent Only podcast because yeah. I'm oh, not yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's how it works. And you do get not you go, what's nice paper? Then she says, oh, it's wallpaper taken as a sample. So if you went <laughs> once, you know, once in August, got a thing that you could see. Wow. She, to be fair, she's thinking ahead to the game. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, she uh, she's played the long game there because she's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, and it will be very nice paper. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, so if you have if you're listening to this, thinking, oh no, I've I've got no money left to wrapping paper, go to home base, B and Q. I reckon you could get away with five meters because nobody's going to check. Use that as your wrapping paper. Genius. Once again, not the views of the Kent Only. Yeah, but, I, I, but you could be putting it on the wall. So. Well, there you go. Uh, I, 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 I don't reckon I'm the only person to do. I'm not. I don't do this. I don't think people I know are going to do this. I reckon a lot of people do that. The thing would be though, if you accidentally wallpapered the site, the room as well, you could hide the presents up against the wall and it'd be like camouflage. No one would know where they were. Gee, even better. See, <laughs> there you go. I'd hide the presents and then you can unwrap them. Yeah, it's 
Good call. What are your plans for the big day? Um, I finish work tomorrow, so I've got Christmas Eve off, which is nice. Company's giving us Christmas Eve off. Um, we are having everybody to our house this year for Christmas or Sarah's side of the family. So, so um, we, I think we're Sarah's mum will be cooking the meat and we deliver it. So we're on veg potatoes duty. So we'll be doing that. Um, and then my mum and sister and nephew come over on the Sunday. So busy couple of days, really. So um, yeah, it goes always goes so quick as well, doesn't it, Christmas? So you're like always fine. So we're looking forward to it. Nice bit of a break. If well, hopefully we get through Christmas. I'm not too bothered about New Year because we won't do anything anyway. So if they have to lock down, it doesn't really affect me that way. No, that's true. We're, we've got fairly quite one. We were supposed to be full uh, at the B&B uh, on Christmas uh, Day. We were supposed to be getting up and doing uh, eight breakfasts. We're now doing just four because people have cancelled. We've had a lot of cancellations uh, because of the uncertainty and everything. So, uh, But it's just the two of us Christmas Day and then we're seeing my mum and dad on Boxing Day. So uh, just a nice, quiet, chilled one for us, really. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to it. No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's, one of the nice breaks is I get sort of 10 days off work, so it's always nice to... Um, just sort of relax and forget about work for, for 10 days, which is good, really. Yes, absolutely. It's our 196th episode of This Nonsense this week, and that is the number of yoga sutras of Patanjali, apparently. I did try to look it up, but to be honest, it made absolutely no sense. Hayley, no, I Hayley, thought you went to yoga for a bit, didn't I? Did I say that? I think so, yeah. Hayley's into it. She goes to yoga and Pilates and all that nonsense, but yeah. it's always just passed me by, really. Yeah, I could probably, yeah... I'm, bit achy these days but I, yeah there was old boys there when i went and they were a lot more supple than i was so and i didn't really thought i went for about six weeks um but i didn't think i might gain much out of it <laughs> there you go maybe i was doing it wrong because i'm not the most uh supple or of people i don't think no it's, it, i think it's one of those things that it, it, it can be quite difficult so we should but yeah it's it's not for me I, I, i'm more of a uh a cardio sort of person than just sort of a, a, a laying around exercise person but i'm not particularly good at that either anyway uh, anyway on with the show and let's start with the fa trophy where the only kent sides we lost over the weekend were ones beaten by others from the county uh, maystone united the first team to make it through as they were handed a path straight into the last 32 when maidenhead united pulled out due to covid cases uh, they were then joined on Saturday by Bromley, who beat Dover Athletic 1-0. Dartford, who were 3-1 winners at Cray Wanderers. Tumbridge Angels, who caused an upset by beating Torquay United 2-1. And Folkestone Victory beat Uxbridge by two goals to nil. We'll be talking about Folkestone shortly. Uh, but let's talk about those games first. The pick of those results has, has got to be Tumbridge Angels, Matt. A much-needed result for Steve McKim and his men. And, and what a way to get it. A, a goal five minutes from time uh, and a, against a team for a level above. A fantastic result and a fantastic day for Angels. I think it's a fantastic result. I think Torquay, one of these sides, you think they're bigger and better than they are, I think. Um, you've got to think about it. That's a result that um, Tunbridge against a side who were spot kicks away being in the Football League. But they've gone there. I bet they were absolutely cracking at Longmead. But arguably, Tunbridge was Tunbridge Angels' best ever results from there. And they've got through to the next round. So I think I'm really, really pleased for Steve McKim because I suppose you look at the league results, they haven't really been that good. I got a good result against Dulwich, but been a bit inconsistent, but a really, really cracking result. And I finally read what Gary Johnson wasn't very complimentary about Tunbridge Angels. And uh, I'm sure the Angels fans are absolutely rubbing it in his face there. That's an absolutely fantastic result. And whatever anybody says, I'm sure Torquay would have been taking that competition seriously because they're not going up this year. So um, fantastic result. So, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with Stephen King. Yeah, and and Dartford did a job at Cray Wanderers. Obviously, Cray had beaten Emsfield United in the previous round. So I think Dartford knew it was going to be a tough tie, but they just hit the ground running, got got their goals early uh, and, and and made it through. So, a, a, again, a good, solid result for the Darts. Yeah, they probably needed it after the result against Maidstone. Um, started brightly. Jake Robinson, again, he's a good player at that level. Again, playing against the team a level below. If you get a chance, he's going to put it in the back of the net. So, fantastic run for Cray. I'm sure Danny Kebwell has learned a lot about his players there. Now he's got to move that onto the league. But yeah, but I, ex- I expected Dartford to beat Cray. Um, I just think they're maybe a little bit more streetwise, is that the word from Ebsleet? And we'll maybe see that over the next few weeks if I'm proved right or wrong or not. But yeah, good result for, for Dartford. And again, I think Steve King is, is a man who enjoys his cup competitions and I think he's going to take the trophy very seriously. And that just leaves us with uh, Bromley against against Dover Athletic. What, a 1-0 away win. How was the game? Were you impressed with Bromley? And, and how did your boys shape up? Uh, Bromley were the 
Bromley players made of numerous changes in the side, um, but they looked in control. Dover first 20 minutes, Dover had some good play, but the story of the season, if you don't score when you're on top, which we didn't, and then we scored an own goal, Cole de Costa, who's back on loan from Bradford, arguably Dover's best player, cross came in, smacked his leg um, and went in the back of the net. Bromley, again, Bromley have got some good players, good young players. Finley Lovett, who played up front, Bromley gave them credit to the goal. You know, it wasn't going in when it hit him, so um, uh, it wasn't going in when he flicked it on. But I thought he looked pretty good. But Bromley were very control of the game, to be honest. So Dover huffed and huffed and huffed and puffed. Story of the season. Could we still be playing now on Wednesday? We still wouldn't have scored. So um, good luck to Bromley in the next round. But oh, did you see I sent you something, John, earlier? Yes, I was going to say, you did, you did send me a, a league table that Dover Athletic are proudly sitting top of. And that is, Matt? The Fair Play League. And that sums us up. I'm not going to say any more. You know, we're top of the Fair Play League. Let me think. Mm. He's not going to say any more, but I, I, I'm going to suggest that perhaps they need to be a little bit nastier if they want to start upsetting some teams and getting some results. Uh, Monday's draw for the FA Trophy threw up some good ties. All five of our teams that were left were drawn to face National League opposition. Dartford have a rematch of their playoff final loss when they host Weymouth. Uh, Tunbridge Angels will certainly fancy another upset as they host Kings Lynn. Maidstone will travel to Boreham Wood. Bromley go to Aldershot. And folks in Victor to have all of their dreams come true when they were drawn to travel to Wrexham. But within hours of the draw, things had changed as Wales were the first to blink, announcing that games in the Principality would be paid behind closed door from Boxing Day onwards. At 15th of January for that tie uh, for folks in Victor. So it looks like there's not going to be any supporters there. So it was a day of contrasting emotions for Invictor and their boss, Neil Cogley. On Tuesday afternoon, spoke to Matt about the draw, the festive fixture programme and more besides. Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. Obviously a bit of a distance, but, you know, to get a, maybe the biggest non-league club now and in the in the you know, United Kingdom, so that was really exciting. And then, as you say, it's all got turned a bit sour for us, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's only less than twenty four hours since the announcement. Do you know what's going on? I, I, again, I'm no expert. I presume they're looking at the Boxing Day and probably even the fifteenth when you play. It's likely to be behind closed doors. Yeah, they were talking about it's like everything was just just got to wait and see, really, didn't you? you can't plan anything really it's very difficult to know where you are there was somebody said that they're going to look again on the 7th of right. January it'll be obviously a week before we played the game so whether they let people back in or not so not much you can do is it it's completely out of our hands you just got to just get on with it yeah, but yeah, I suppose it's it's one of those things. It doesn't stop any of your preparation for it, even though you know your excellent loyal supporters might not be there for you. Preparation for the game will get underway as normal, I presume. Yeah, it's just so disappointing for them because obviously it's maybe our biggest game we've ever had for years, you know. And uh, you know, if they can't be there, it's not definitely not quite the same, is it? Or you're playing in front of nobody. We've not had that before in our league. We've always had people attending the game, so you know that's a. A big disappointment. Yeah, we're now trying to, you know, um, obviously arrange to, to get to Wrexham and back because uh, we go over it by car mostly, so I don't think we do that one by car. <laughs> yeah, you know, in our league, we get away with it. You know? yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. I suppose, yeah, your league has always stopped before any crowds were going in, so this could be yeah. a, a new experience for your boys. Yeah, it would be. It'd be a disappointing experience, to be honest, a nice ground like that and there's nobody in it, but... Yeah, we didn't have that, obviously, our league, um, you know, because of the finances. We, we stopped um, once, uh, you know, we couldn't get people in. We just stopped, you know. Mm. Uh, from the COVID situation, has Folkestone Invicta been affected by the the, the latest um, surge in cases? No, to be fair, we've, we've um, cut the games we've had recently. We've had the full squads out. So we've been done. Sometimes I think it's easier when you're part-time because you're not around everybody every day, you know, and... Uh, you know, your Gillinghams and uh, Maidstones and that and Ebsfleets. It must be harder because you've got people in every day, haven't you? Training and around people every day. With with us, we've been been a bit lucky, I think, and uh, we don't really see each other until um, the Saturday. You know, we haven't trained. We haven't met everybody out. We just met on a Saturday and um, um, touch wood, we've been OK. Do you have any sort of... Mean I, I dread it. Dread the phone ring and I've got to meet them yeah. the, day of the, day, the day of the game, but... Generally, no, we've been all okay so far. Have you had any sort of leadership from the league of what happens again if you get cases or anything? Or is it just down to... No, not yet. No, not yet. So, as you say, when people 
bombard you with questions. You just got to, you know, we, we don't really know. So just carry on and see where we are, and hopefully we play against Marston, you know, on the twenty seventh, and then you know, um, see what happens after that. Yeah, going back to Saturday, good result against Uxbridge. Uxbridge, from the reports I get, were a decent side, but you've got a sort of new resilience now at, the, at Folkestone and. I think people expect you to win matches at home now, don't they? A bit of a fortress, Cheriton Road. Yeah, we haven't lost absolutely ages at home, really. So, you know, it's um, it's been good, you know. And, um, no, to be fair, to Uxbridge, we're very good. And um, Tim Roberts, my goal, he was outstanding on the day. And, uh, you know, give him credit. It was one of the reasons we got through until we got the second goal. Um, it could have gone either way. In the, back into the, say, you got league at three games over the Christmas period. Um, yeah. Second in the table, you're not playing Boxing Day as well. Is that pleasing for you? Because you're playing the day after rather than anything else. Is that pleasing, yeah, or would you rather play Boxing Day? Don't mind, really. It didn't bother me. Just when the league said they said they're going to do that day, that's fair enough. It didn't really. Again, just just get on with things, don't you? It's not worth <laughs> making an issue of it. Um, you know, we were we were all right. There'll be a lot of people looking for watch games. I think that day, so mm. hopefully, they'll come along to folks. And also big local derby as well on uh, on the first when you travel to Margate. So it's a good Christmas for you. You haven't got to travel that far uh, as a no, club. No, what, no. what do you look think of Margate this season? Because you know they beat Worth in four 0 then lost it this weekend. They're a bit inconsistent at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But uh, obviously, I think they've got a top manager in Jay. So you know, I'm sure they'll try and sort that out. And obviously, we had them watch against Worth in funny enough, and they were excellent. You know, so they're just a bit inconsistent, as you say. But uh, they're a good side. Yeah, and then you end up Leatherhead at home as well I know struggling without a manager but second in the yeah. table what, you know 2021 has been a good year for folks in Invicta I think with the finances with the cut runs etc like that 2022 yeah. you know what, what's the yeah, what's the aim is it trying to get in the playoffs or even win the league yeah we just want to keep going and I know it's the old cliche of every game but that's all it is just enjoy winning because there'll be a loss somewhere around the corners make sure you enjoy your winning and just keep plugging along. That's all we do, really, at Folkestone. And, you know, it's gone well, been beyond our wildest dreams, really. What we've, you say, financially, what we've earned from the FA Cup runs and now the trophy runs and uh, still be second in the league. It's a great achievement to the players. And what about you? You know, you know, as a football manager, you, there can't be many people in football who've been involved in football over Christmas like you have over the last quarter of a century. What do you do on Christmas? Do you treat it like a normal day, I suppose? You don't have to worry about what you're eating and drinking like you did as a player. No, that was the only difference. I didn't play very well Boxing Day, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more to what I ate more than I drank. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, we just gone with it. done it for so many years. You, I, I like it. I actually enjoy it. Enjoy the, the game Boxing Day or this year, the day after Boxing Day and New Year's Day. I mean, you wouldn't be doing much anyway, would you? So, no, looking forward to it. Love it. All yeah, right, brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Wish you a, Thanks for supporting the podcast this year. And fingers crossed that the... Uh, Something can happen about the Wrexham game because I think you really deserve a big yeah. day out there. Well, I think the, the fans do really yeah. tremendous people at Folkestone and they deserve to be able to go to that game, but what will be will be. Obviously a man who's been there and done it over many years, but it sounds like a game behind closed doors at Wrexham will be a first for him. But to be honest, Matt, I'm gutted for him, his team, and especially those folks in Victor fans. Yeah, I, I think I read earlier, I think it's... They're not, I think he said in the interview there, I think they were going to look at it on the 7th, but... I don't think they are now, are they? So they're not going to change it within a couple of weeks. So I feel for that. I see some of the Folkestone fans said, you know, maybe we could switch it. But I don't really think that um, Wrexham will be too interested in doing that. You've got to feel for Folkestone. Again, you'd have probably been looking, what, 5,000 people there, the gate receipts, a great day out for the fans. They like that part of the world. Because of course, they played Chester 16-odd years ago, didn't they? Not just far down the road in the FA Cup. So... Yeah, you could see the excitement from the, um, the the Folkestone fans and it was drawn and people saying, oh, we get on this train and that train. And when I woke up Tuesday morning and turned my phone on and saw that, you think, oh, dear, um, you've got to feel for them. But it is what it is. Unfortunately, um, from there, I can't, I can't, well, Folkestone could ask the question, I suppose, to Wrexham if you want to swap it. But Wrexham to Folkestone is not a two minute drive down the road, is it? No, and I think as well, we don't know at the moment what the situation is going to be in England uh, come the 15th of January because, uh, it. I mean, there were quite hefty reports earlier in the week that we'd be going back to uh, the sort of step two uh, regulations where we were in April, uh, which would mean that, that from the B&B point of view, we'd be shut uh, and it would mean restricted in others' houses and everything and, and gatherings. So it might even be 
that ends up being a 500 people maximum anyway uh, at Folkestone. So it's just the, the worst possible time to, to get what would have been one of the biggest days in Folkestone Victor's history. Yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. Do you think of it now? Do you think I would rather not be drawn against Wrexham, have that high for 12 hours and we go to Wrexham and disappointed from that, really? Yeah, you, yeah you've, you've got to feel for them. Um, maybe something can change, but I can't really see it. It's just... You know, having such a good season and the money they would have raised on that and a bit of profile they would have. And hopefully they'll still get the profile from the from the press about it, what a game it is. But hopefully Wrexham are a, um, you know, well-run club and they'll look at Folkestone and say it's Folkestone's biggest ever game. They can do something for them. But yeah, I feel for them. Neil Cugley, so laid back, he'd fall over, wouldn't he, after time? But uh, even, even he felt, I think, again, I think he's just feeling for the supporters who've been brilliant for them this season. Yeah, I bet Ryan Reynolds is sat there wondering what an Invicta is uh, after all of that. But yeah, the rest of that chat with Neil Cugley is great as always, actually. And, and you know, really nice to hear from him and, and see how things are going. And, and as you say, very laid back. He He's always very calm, whether they're winning or they're losing. Uh, and they're so lucky to have him. And, and you know, they're second in the league, as you said to him there. There's still a great opportunity for them. They've had a bit of a blip, but they seem to be back on track now and, and Whatever happens with this game at Wrexham, I think that will give them a spring in their step. Yeah, you know, from this position, I think the last couple of seasons, two seasons ago, they were in a healthy playoff spot. So you'd expect them to get into the playoff spots from there. Um, you just got to just keep them. They've had that little bit of blip. If they can keep there, I think they've done the concede in the last three games. So Tim Roberts had a bit of a blinding game in goal, apparently, on Saturday. Um, sort of from there. So looking solid defensively. And when you've got the likes of... Uh, Yusuf and Smith up front, you're always going to score. So, yeah, 2021 has been a great year for Folkestone. I think 2022 could be an even better one if they can uh, carry on that momentum. But, you know, from this position um, at Christmas, you'd be disappointed if they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll talk about the rest of the fixtures in a, in a couple of weeks' time, I suppose. But Dartford against Weymouth stands out, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't even, I forgot all about that. They played in that um, uh, when they lost on penalties. So, yeah, Steve King will be looking for a little bit of revenge there. From what I've seen of Weymouth in this season, if Dartford play to their potential, they will knock Weymouth out. I think Dartford be a good year. Did they get to the semi-finals a few years ago? I think they did Dartford, didn't they? Won in the conference, I think, the trophy. Mm, um, I think they've had a, good, a couple the, of good runs, yeah. Yeah, they've had some good runs. I think Steve King, you may not say it, but I think he'll be taking this competition really seriously because uh, I think they've got a good chance in that one. Maystad against Bournemouth. They have arguably the most excited non-league teams. They've had Maidenhead away and Bournewood away, so you've got to feel for them there. Yeah, it's not a great, not a great no, tie for Bromley either, is it? Great to go place to go to, but and, and Bromley as well going to order shot. It's not, it's not thrilling. No, yeah, it's yeah. Well, I get well Bromley from what Andy Woodburn said after the game, and I think they had a few COVID cases that he's looking at this competition to blood some of these young players, and from some of those young players were half decent, I thought. So there you go. And I suppose we might as well mention they're the only one we haven't talked about. Tunbridge Angels against second from bottom in the National League, Kings Lynn. If they've had a good run of form, then Kings Lynn won't fancy coming down to Tunbridge, will they? Uh, no. My fact of, the, fact of the day for Kings Lynn, I haven't had a clean sheet all season. There you go. Absolutely. There you I go, think right, if they can beat Torquay, they can beat Blooming Kings Lynn, <laughs> who are arguably the second worst team in the National League behind somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, sticking with folks and quickly then, the, Neil, as Neil mentioned, they host Merstham uh, on Monday. Six without a win, Merstham. So a good chance for Folkestone to consolidate their position near the top of the table. Also in that division, Margate, uh, who were beaten 1-0 at home by Wingate and Finchley on Saturday, will travel to face Cray Wanderers. So a bit of a derby match there uh, on Sunday. The fixtures at uh, Monday, sorry, I keep getting this all wrong, but the fixtures in the Eastman League are on Monday the 27th rather than traditional Boxing Day. So, uh, Do you think it's a good idea? I think that probably is, isn't it? Because people... With the games on Boxing Day, I think they've been quite sensible there. Giving yeah, them I a think chance so. to think, right, well, people might want to go to Boxing Day. Also football on the uh, on the Monday as well with being a bank holiday. So I'm sure there'll be some bumper gates out there for, for some of our teams. And it does cut down on a bit of fixture congestion as well, doesn't it? Only having that one game, whereas the National League teams are all going to be playing twice over on uh, the 26th and the 28th. So Yeah, so, yeah. yeah again, National League. <laughs> Okay, I presume the clubs vote for all this, don't they? they? Must at the start of the season how they yeah. want to do it. They're not told what they're going to do. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it for some of our sides, it's a good. They'll just get uh, some extra money from uh, maybe some floating supporters. 
Absolutely. There was a one game in the National League South involving our clubs over the weekend. Good day for Ebsford United. Uh, they beat Bath City to become the Christmas number one. Uh, they travel to Dartford, who are they are level on points with on Sunday in what promises to be an absolute cracker on Boxing Day, pun intended there. Uh, it's also a 12.30pm kickoff in the all-ticket clash between Tunbridge Angels and Maidstone, while Wellinger at home to Dulwich Hamlet. And then there's a full programme uh, on Tuesday as well, the 28th, with Maidstone at home to Welling in another derby, Ebbsfleet at home to Billericay, Dartford go to Braintree, and Tunbridge Angels make the trip down uh, into the Sussex coast, the Sunshine Coast, no less, to take on Eastbourne Borough. Uh, so, I mean, obviously the standout fixture there is is Ebbsfleet against Dartford, isn't it? Or Dartford against Ebbsfleet on, on Boxing Day. Uh, th- there's not going to be many games knocking around that are going to be have that much riding on it. They're, they're level on points at the top of the league. It's not too far to travel. And they are two sides who are desperate to get out of this division in the right direction. Yeah, I didn't realise they played the same amount of games as well, really. Because um, you think, you know, Ebbsfleet have lost five games. This they lost three in a row recently. And you think, oh... They're not with it. I was quite surprised that they went top. So that shows how tight this division, but it's mentally tight at this station. Top four points separating the top, you know, five points separating the top ten near enough, nine in this division. So, yeah, very, very tight. I said on the radio, I think, and I said earlier in this show, I think maybe Dartford have got more streetwise than Ebsfleet. Um, who's at home first? Dartford? Dartford are at home first, yeah. Mm, cracking game, cracking atmosphere. Yeah, I think Darford have got a bit more streetwise, but I've got a funny feeling that Epsley could do in there. Yeah, well, now, do you, what is your feeling on that? I would say I, I quite fancy Dartford at home, but I think I think it'll be one win each. I think one Dartford will win. Yeah. I think both home teams will win. And interesting, we're talking about the fixture congestion. A penny for the thoughts of those at Hungerford who are the odd ones out who don't play on either Boxing Day or New Year's Day, because obviously there's an odd number of teams in that league. I, I don't know if you'd welcome that or not. Well, because well, in the National League, they haven't. There's, there's not, they fixed it, so at least one team was playing. Yeah, well, because no, obviously they've got the return fixtures on New Year's Day at this division, so I, I think that's a, a very interesting way of doing it. Yeah, you've got to feel for Hungerford. Well, well maybe it, you know, it could be, a, well, especially when you've got one game, and I suppose, yeah, doing quite well, Hungerford, this season. You have to be in pretty, yeah. Got to, you've got to feel from there a little bit. Is, do you think they've got no local derbies, Hungerford? Yeah, they're kind of out of the near, aren't they? So, yeah, I guess that yeah, was the, the thinking behind it. Geography's, geography's done it for them there, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the rest of the fixtures, though, some, some big games there. And Tumbridge Angels will be looking to put down a marker uh, against Maidstone. And, and then Maidstone, Welling, Welling, Dulwich. That's a tough couple of days for, for Welling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, conceding goals, aren't they? Welling, that's a problem. I think, you know, they went to Ebsley and conceded six. The Maidstone, if Maidstone have beaten Tunbridge, Maidstone fans are going to be very, very buoyant there. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with the with the crowds there. But Peter Taylor, I think, was linked with the Maidstone job earlier this season when Hakeem Retin was uh, troubling. But it'll be interesting to see it. But it's a good test for Welling because Dulwich are up there, Maidstone are up there as well. So a good test for Peter Taylor's uh, young side there. So um, defensive. I fancy Maidstone to beat well in at home in the, the form they're in at the moment, but stranger things have happened. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in the National League, Dover and Bromley both are home on Boxing Day to Dagenham and Southend, respectively. The latter of those games on television, 5.20 kickoff on Boxing Day. And for on Tuesday, Bromley travel to Maidenhead, and it's one of Matt's favourite days of the season as Dover head to face Woking. Could it be, Matt, this is the weekend? I had did say to somebody today that we will win one of the next two games. Wow. So, well, I, 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 do, you, yeah, do you want to do you want some stats here? Go, go uh, on then, yeah. yeah. This will make you laugh, this. Well, let me just find it on my machine. Dover have not won in 23 games. You know that? Yep. In all competitions, 23 games. Yeah, I did send this to somebody else, and they said, "Bloody hell, this is depressing." Right, twenty-three games in all competitions that win. That's twenty in the league, two in the FA Cup, one in the FA Trophy. Twenty games without a win in the league. That's ten home games without a win. We've only scored seven in that process, conceding uh, eighteen. We haven't had a clean sheet in seven at home. This is where it gets really depressing. Seventeen away games without a win. That's two draws and fifteen defeats. 
in those 17 games, we've conceded 46 goals, not had a clean sheet, scored 11, but we have scored in our last four away games. 23 games without a win is a club record. 17 away games without a win it equals a club record. So if I go, when I go to Woking on Tuesday, I could be seeing history. And 10 games at home is also a record without a win because I, the highest I can find before that is nine under Nicky Forster. So when I wrote that, that is depressing, isn't it? Uh, am I right in thinking that you haven't won a game in 2021? No, we did. We did. We won. We beat Barnett. Huh? In the tw- end of second game before we said bugger it, we're going home, <laughs> taking our ball home, and um, from there. Oh, excellent. so, so you're, you're not in danger, but you are not far off, I suppose, of going a full calendar year without a win because that was quite early in the year, wasn't it? It was about the twentieth, something like that, twentieth, twenty-first, wow. something like that. So, <laughs> it, it, if we had to win somewhere, because I'm not going Boxing Day, so Hody's doing the game, and um. He could win with Hody's there. Fingers crossed it happens. But winning at Woking, I would walk out there like Callum, was his name? Colin McGregor, walking out of <laughs> Woking. You're that bad. You've lost the Dover. And, and I, you know, that, oh, I'd love that, wouldn't I? I'd love it. You would. would, I love you would it? Yeah. But, but, but again, I've been doing my homework on Woking and Dagenham. And I'm thinking, Woking have got some good players. And of course, they've got the big number nine, haven't they? Yes, come back to haunt me. What what about what about if he scores an own goal to give you your first win of the season? More likely, we're one nil up. They get a penalty, and then he smacks it into uh, Middlesex or the nearest county. (laughs) That's what he used to do with us. Yeah, or he bangs it straight into the top corner. (laughs) (laughs) The best penalty he's ever had after the fifteen he missed for us. Absolutely, straight in. Yeah, so yeah, Um, we've got that record. I thought if I put all these numbers on paper, um, it will be redundant soon because we're going to win a game. So I did think we're going to win one of the next two. So fingers crossed that Holy can cheer us in on Saturday. Um, and from there, so yeah, it'll be just end, end 2021 with a win at Woking. Well, that Father Christmas has come for me, isn't it? Certainly will have done. Uh, let's so move on, on then. It. Will we beat Dagenham and will we or will we beat Woking? No. Next. <laughs> you at least think about it for three seconds. Well, okay, hang on. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You, I, I don't... You know that I don't find this funny at all, but look at those stats that you've just read out to me and tell me on what you are basing the fact that you're going to go to Woking on Tuesday and get a result. You <laughs> lost 6-1 there when you were half decent. What what, what, what chance have you what, Why do you think... Are you delusional? Are you not well? I'm only going on the basis that eventually you've got to win a game. And that's got it, isn't it? You've got to win a game eventually. Can't go on forever. Till I'm 80, losing every week. Why can't it be next week? Why can't it be Sunday? Why can't it be both days? All Matt Terrell wants for Christmas is six points. Uh, yeah. Let's move on then to this Millie Southeast, where on Saturday I popped along to Hastings to see Ramsgate in action. At a cracking stadium over at Pilot Field, incidentally. Retro, more than 1,000 people there, including some who'd come along to have their COVID jabs. If I hadn't managed to move mine forward to Friday, I could have done that. Saved me dad 12 quid too. Uh, anyway, it was. 2-0 win for the home side against the Rams in what was a fairly evening game uh, enlivened as you will hear by some interesting refereeing uh, after the game I spoke to Rams boss Matt Longhurst and started by asking if he was frustrated with the defeat yeah do you know what look fair play look they're a good team uh, obviously you've got a large support here I um, don't want to blame officials certainly and look I, I thought this first goal is a mistake from us we've tried to hit a longer pass that is broke down we then don't really get any any real purpose on the head out, it drops down, our centre midfield player should be there and it's a great finish from Pope, so fair play to them. Um, the second one, we've got a free kick, the referee's then given a drop ball, threw it at our player and said play on, and we've sent all our players up. Um, 
very strange, um, very, very strange. Um, and there was lots of strange decisions throughout the game. But like I say, look, it's hard for the officials. He, he's not a level three referee. He shouldn't have been in the middle today. He's, uh, they haven't got enough of referees and officials. So um, we, have to, we have to kind of swallow that. But I thought, yeah, in general, I thought, look, nil-nil. There's two moments in the game. One, great finish from Pope. The second one's a mistake, but it's kind of been kind of helped from the referee. Um, but I think... Look, if it would have been nil-nil, I don't think anyone would have really argued. I thought we both kind of cancelled each other out. We probably had the better chance up until they scored. We had the chance early on in the second half where Pecky's um, good bit of play from us and the ball's been moved out the other side. Pecky's cut inside and it's been great. I don't know who cleared it. It might have been Stoney on the line. Um, great defending. Otherwise, we go 1-0 up. And then, obviously, it's, again, obviously, it's a different game. Goals change games. But I don't think we really threatened enough. But I think it looked very much like two teams that didn't particularly want to lose today. Um, and it was a little bit of a cagey affair. There wasn't loads of super football played. Um, but um, it looked like two good teams. And unfortunately for us, we've, we've obviously come out on the, uh, on the wrong side of it. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we've done today. And, and like I say, the effort and the desire from the players. I thought that maybe, maybe showed a little bit of naivety from one or two of our younger ones today at times where they've got a team full of men. Um, and maybe that was slightly the difference, but I don't really think that really told too much. Um, yeah, so I was quite happy with what we did, to be honest. It, you, overall, you're, you're having a great season, aren't you? You know, it, 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 there's been so many full storms at Ramsgate the last few years, but it looks like you've you've got the everything going both on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Yeah, like obviously off the pitch tomorrow we've got Winter Wonderland opening. It's fantastic. There's so much work going on there at the football club with uh, some great people doing a lot of work for the club uh, volunteers as well. Um, so that side of it's obviously fantastic. What we've done in terms of growing the crowds and Coming here, uh, coming here in front of sort of 1,100 people um, and competing in the division at the top end um, on the pitch is great as well. Like I say, we've come in and we've turned that around. Last time I came here with Ramsgate, we was in the bottom two and fighting relegation prior to the season that obviously got stopped first of all. Um, and the golfing class and the golf in the two clubs was ginormous and we've managed to close that gap up quite considerably in terms of the size of the club off the pitch and also on it as well. So yeah, like I say, I'm disappointed in the result but overall how the season's going and, and what we've done today I um, no, like I say, I'm quite happy with that to be honest Got some big games coming up high uh, just after Christmas and then and then a lot of teams are in and around you as well so it's gonna, it's a big period for you Yeah we just said that to the players like that's why you just can't get too disappointed look these games can swing one way or the other if we take that chance then all of a sudden people are asking questions at the other team and obviously now for us like we've come away from we've done really well against the teams around us as well like we've done well against Cray Valley we've done well against City when we've beat obviously these obviously we've took three points off of these at our place they beat us here um, we beat Herne Bay so um, we've got Hive and then obviously Whitstable away which is always tough difficult place to go and then Ashford at home which is obviously a big game so um, yeah but ultimately look, this from a manager's point of view from a club's point of view and from players and supporters these are the games that you want to be involved in we've put ourselves in the position to be involved in those big games and uh, and, and ultimately that's, 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 a, that's a big plus um, we, we just need to now make sure that we um, like I say we were eight unbeaten before we came here today and we need to now go and put another one and then run together but I'm confident with the group that we've got that we can do that and like I say you don't need to go don't need to go over the top we've lost the game and it, like it was fine margins today as well like I say I think everybody can see that as well I know it's nothing any of us like talking about but uh, Covid is, is rearing its head again we've seen all the games in the Premier League have gone today yeah. are you worried about this Premier League season and, and what do you think should happen if, if we get to this stage and, and something happens um, look, obviously, everybody's got their own opinion on, on COVID and the situation. My opinion is we carry on with life. That's my personal opinion. That's not the football club's opinion. That's my opinion. My opinion is we can't keep stopping and starting our lives regardless of football. Um, at some stage, we've got to continue. Um, we can't keep pausing life and sitting indoors for months on end. Um, ultimately, there's obviously an issue um, with with a kind of flu. And oh, for me, look, look, I... Like I say, I speak for myself, not the football club, because obviously that would be wrong of me to do so. From a personal opinion, I think we just, at some stage as a country, just got to get on with it. Um, that's my opinion. And I think, obviously, look, I obviously understand that people have lost their lives and people are ill. And, and there's also a hell of a lot of people that aren't ill and that are fine. And 
obviously mental health takes a big toll on people when they're sat indoors alone and I think non-league football look you saw there's 1100 people today if football's not going ahead where are these 1100 people they're sat indoors watching TV playing a computer that's not healthy that's not healthy at all we've got to finish this season haven't we, we have to years. finish this we have to finish the season we have to finish the season We if we have to play till June or July let's just play the season um, like, and that's do you know what take results away we just want to be out here this is what we do this is what we enjoy all these people in here me included the, the fans the players the staff everyone we, we want to be at football like, we don't want to be sitting indoors so like I say regardless of whether we're doing well or not doing well I, I want to be at football on a Saturday afternoon I want to be at football on a Tuesday night my sense of uh, enjoyment on a Tuesday and a Thursday at training with the players like, that's, what I'm, that's, that's what I get up and go to work for so that I can do that and there's a lot of people like that and I think yeah like for me it's just damaging keep messing about with I'm in an hour of what we're doing and what we're not doing I just think for me yeah, you have to you have to finish this season and I think now I think six months ago I think the conversations were different but every manager I talk to now just they just everyone wants to play and you ask the players they want to play um, and just very finally I know you mentioned the referee at the start I've never seen anyone book before for moving a free kick forward two yards have you? I, 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 <laughs> like I say to be honest I thought it was a very poor performance I don't think he should have been in the middle he's not meant to be he's not a referee of the level that we're, we're, we're at um, which is unfortunate and I think that whoever appoints the officials needs to look at these fixtures and start getting an understanding and the magnitude of these games but it's There's, difficult there are there is issues with the number of referees there are. without that and I just said that to, I just said that to the players we have to understand like there is an, there is an issue with the amount of referees which we can't control and, uh, and I understand why people wouldn't want to be a referee like 100 million I wouldn't want to be a referee 100% but at the same time once people like there's laws of the game and I mean a booking for for, for for that I just I don't know and then this new rule where their players clean my player out he's waved play on we've then taken the ball down the line and uh, and because and he waved play on and there was an advantage play it doesn't get pulled back and there's no booking it's just a very strange uh, situation so as long as your player stays on his feet the other player can get away with a tackle like that it then means he's not on a booking so it's just a uh, yeah, like I say, it's, it, we haven't lost because of the referee, but I did think the referee, uh, without being disrespectful, wasn't very good. I could chat that, Matt, and I thought you made some very good points on the current situation and was pretty upbeat despite the defeat. Yeah, I, I think, are they overachieving what he said before? Came here before and they were bottom of the league. So, and he said he didn't, too, didn't know too much difference between the sides. And we said at the start of the season, we we're expecting Hastings to be up there. So, yeah, I think they're going in the right direction, Ramsgate. Um, more again, I think again, he was pleased that they were going off the pitch as well. They're sort of looking like Hastings. Because Hastings were quite a big team. Would you say there was 1,100 there, was there? Just just shy of 1,100, yeah. Yeah, I think what, Hastings were a, a well-supported, decent team. So Ramsgate going there. Was it? Did you think it was a... Hastings deserved to win or what Matt said there? You know, a draw would have been a fair result if there wasn't the... Uh, Mistakes in it. I think it. Uh, oh, I think a draw would have been a fair result. Ramsgate more than played their part, and in the first half especially, uh, Hastings got, came out of the blocks really quickly. But Ramsgate just looked really solid. Solid. And then every time Ramsgate attacked in that first half, it looked like the disaster was coming for for Hastings. They just looked like they looked like they all had a ricket in them. To, to be honest, at the back, and Craig Stone was playing there, and he had he had a decent game, but they just looked a little bit under pressure at the start, and. Uh, you know, Ramsgate. There was a lot to like about Ramsgate. I like to. I like both of their sort of wide, their wide men. Uh, the, the number nine is a chap called uh, Oliver Bates, who I, I'd not seen play before. But it was it was interesting because a lot of the time he 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 wasn't looking like he was wanting the ball or anything like that. But when the ball was there in and around the penalty area, he just came to life and he had a a decent opportunity. And and I say there was. There was an awful lot to like about Ramsgate, and I felt that two 0 was harsh on them. Um, with with the goals, as he said there, the first one uh, was was a bit was a bit of a mistake. The second one, uh, the referee did did give the drop ball, but that was because the ball hit him in play, and I guess that is the rule. But it had been a free kick to Ramsgate, and they were just trying to take it quickly because they were trying to get a goal. Uh, but what it must be said was that the the finish for the first goal was excellent, and the pass from Kenny Pogue for the second was also absolutely superb. So Hastings have got that bit of quality about them, and, and they're definitely going to be up there. But I think Ramsgate will be as well. And, and you know, I look at the team that they had out there. I was really impressed with uh, uh, Joshua Jai played really well, and Tijen Dajama as well. Uh, Callum Peck, who was at Kennington last season, uh, he played wide right, and I, and I thought he had a really, really good game. But my favourite player, 
to be honest, was uh, Gerald Aboagi, the, the right back. I thought he was magnificent. And he was the victim of the worst refereeing decision I've ever seen. So he was on the he was playing the first half on the on the side where the big stand is at Pilot Field, uh, where where we were sat actually during the first period. And whenever he got a throw in, it's still a couple of yards. And it but in it became quite amusing really. And it'd it do it time and time again. And the ref kept blowing him back. And and the supporters around us were making quite a lot of noise about it. Anyway, then Ramsgate got this free kick and he tried to do it again, moved the ball forward probably five yards, you know, as, as everybody does. The fans start shouting and yelling. The ref just comes over. And as far as I was aware, he hadn't warned him about this at all. It just books him for it. And it's like, that's not actually a bookable offence, persistently moving the ball. And especially if you if it said to him, if you try and steal five yards again, I'm going to book you then he wouldn't have kept doing it. But he obviously didn't do it. And and I guess that kind of summed it up a little bit, the the, the performance of the referee, especially in that first half. And it was one of those where we were kind of saying, to, me and my dad were kind of saying to each other, I, I just get the feeling that if he's nil-nil with five minutes to go, Hastings will get a penalty from somewhere because it was just one of those where the referee just didn't seem to, to be in complete control of it. And he gave some absolutely stinking decisions against Ramsgate. And I, and I did feel sorry for them. And, and you know, the frustration w- was there for all to see. But I thought they played well uh, d- d- despite that. And, you know, a tough place to go Saturday before Christmas. A thousand people packed was in it, there. Was it 3G at Hastings now? No, no, no grass pitch. So uh, it was nice. Have, have you ever been to the stadium? No, I haven't been to Hastings. No, no. No, I don't think I've ever. It's got. Isn't it like a massive stand at one end? It's like a big bowl. It's. It's yeah. It's kind of like a bowl. So they've got like a a, a covered terrace behind one of the goals, uh, a stand which I reckon has got to be on the listed buildings thing uh, on the side where the tunnels are, and then the other the other side is just sort of sort of a bank, and then you can sit down there. There used to be a speedway track and a dog track around the outside as well. It was just a proper old school football stadium and I was like they don't build them like this anymore and it was it was just a a really nice place to 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 spend my Saturday afternoon and obviously it's not far away so I'll be going again but Ramsgate we talk a lot about what they do off the pitch and it was actually really nice to see what they're doing on the pitch and and as I say I I was impressed. Yeah I was going to say to you about that a lot of youngsters who've and again they're buying players from from the scaffold and building players up so I think the, the main aim is maybe some of these players are good enough maybe to move them up the pyramid as well so it's a good plan to have. Interesting points about the referee there. Do you felt the referee was out of his depth? You mentioned about you thought he'd give a penalty. Did you know beforehand he wasn't refereed at this level from what Matt said? I didn't actually know, but it was quite funny because um, I, I I was having this conversation with someone else as well, and then I got a, a message from from them. Apparently on on Sunday he was at an under 18s game and had a fantastic game. Didn't book anyone. He was he was brilliant. And and so maybe it was just a bit of a that he wasn't quite comfortable uh, at the level. But as I said to, to Matt there, it's difficult because there is a crisis of refereeing. And we've seen the scaffold saying we want more referees coming in uh, and bits and pieces like that. So it's a, it's, it's a really tough one. And, and you know, I, I don't want to criticise the fella because he was out there doing it on a Saturday afternoon, refereeing when I wouldn't fancy it. And, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure most most people wouldn't fancy it. So in actual fact, rather than saying that he, he had a poor game, which he did, we should be saying, well, at least he was there to, to referee the game. Because if it wasn't for the referees, we, we wouldn't have the game, would we? No, exactly. Yeah. So um, maybe he'll learn from that, that that's, um, situation as he goes up if he's a young referee. But it's good that we've got a referee um, uh, involved in that anyway. So... Yeah, it's a difficult one. On to his points about COVID, John, which um, are coming more and more. A lot of people, if I speak to in the street, thinking, right, we've got to live with this. Let's get on with it. Otherwise, we're never going to get out of it. And particularly I think so. And I, business, I, I think the difficulty... Fully on with that, aren't you? Absolutely. And the difficulty with this current variant is, I think that they, they felt that they were too late with the Delta one. Uh, when that came. So I think this time they've gone too far the other way and been really, really overly cautious. Uh, and, you know, my view has been for a long time, this is here, we've got to live with it. Uh, and that's kind of always been the way that that, that I've thought we've we've got to go about it because they're saying it's gonna, this this virus is going to be around for years and years to come, if not for, for forevermore, for the rest of our lives. So what do we do? Do we do this every winter when it starts getting a bit cold and the cases go up? And, you know, I have my own views on whether we're over testing and that's what's causing there to be a hundred and whatever thousand cases there were today because everyone's over testing. And, and 
I know someone I was chatting to someone who works in hospital this weekend and um, 18 months ago when this all started or March 2020 she said yeah we're, we're, we're worried so we said to her well, this time she said the problem now is not that this that the hospital is going to be overwhelmed because there's so many people coming in really really ill like there were March April 2020 the problem now is that because it's so there's so many people getting the virus is the staff the nurses all having to be off work and that's why the NHS now risks being overwhelmed so to speak because they're just going to be short-staffed as opposed to there being lots of people coming in and I thought Matt Longhurst's points were absolutely brilliant you know he was very quick to say I speak this is me but you know what what else do you say a thousand people were here this afternoon what else are they going to do on those Saturday nights we've got to start looking at the bigger picture because it's not just this virus that's causing problems and we need to be thinking about everything you know and, and I think what I can't really add to what he said I think he's just absolutely on the money yeah I think um it's quite interesting that people have because Boris hasn't said anything of what's happening well Scotland and Wales and whatever they've said their bit we haven't done our bit a he could be scared of upsetting people and he's not doing that but maybe he's thinking we've got to live with this and move on from that point of view and you know, I'm not a fan of Boris at all, but I, I think it, at some point you're going to have to say, right, you're just going to have to get on with the rest of your life. And football and sport seems to have been the Premier League's going to be doing with that. So, um, again, the games will be called off because of COVID. But, that, yeah, there's going to have to be a point, right, we can't just lock ourselves in, as you say, over Christmas or part of the year when we get it again. So when it comes around again. So, yeah. Um, I don't want to get involved in the, in the hour thing for this, but I think he I, he has got a valid point. Um, the people, who, if you've been double jabbed and you've had your booster, um, you know you can still get it, but you should be um, uh, protected. So I can see his point from there, and I think um, even if there is restrictions, people are going to ignore them anyway. So that's the other thing as well. I think that is very much the case. But uh, I, mean, I mean, the big thing from from a Kent Ollie podcast point of view um, is what happens if they start saying games have got to be played behind closed doors or restricted attendances. And even if they restrict to 500, that's going to have an impact on so many of our clubs, even down as far as the scaffold, who do get more than 500 people in. And yeah. that's when it becomes really difficult. And, and I'm pretty sure nothing's changed in that it's not sustainable for our clubs to play without supporters. Yeah. And, and that's the the big, big issue. So this, this we, is where planning's got to come in from the leagues as well, I think, as well. Hopefully they've done all their planning to start of the season. If this goes again, what we can do. And as, he, as Matt, like he said there, if we have to pay, play till the, June and July, you've got to see this season out. And I think the levels below the National League, who haven't received, completed the season in two years, to get any credibility in football, I know there's more important things in football, but for their divisions, I think you've got to make sure you finish it now. And the thing is, and fin- this is the final point on this, is I've spoken to a couple of managers uh, off the record who've said, if we have a third season that doesn't finish, then I don't think there's any point in doing this anymore. And mm. people will start saying, well, I've given up so much time and for what? And I think mm. that's that's where the big issue comes. Anyway, there were big celebrations from Hastings at the final whistle and their supporters after that win. It took them to within two points of the leaders, Cray Valley, who were surprisingly beaten at home by struggling Lansing 2-1. Uh, the Millers now lead the table by just a goal from Ashford United, who overcame Corinthian by three goals to one. Elsewhere, Faversham were beaten 5-1 at Chichester. Seven Oaks undone by a late goal at Hayward Teeth. It was VCD Athletic who won 4-0 at Hythe Town. A debutant Calvin Poke, who scored four as Phoenix Sports collected just their second win of the league season by beating Burgess Hill 5-2. Their other win was against Burgess Hill as well back in August. Uh, City Come on, with- we play you every week. Yeah. Sittingbourne beat Whitehawk 3-1 and goalkeeper Jordan Perrin was among the goal scorers as Herne Bay won 3-2 at Three Bridges. Whitswell came from 2-0 down to earn a point at home to East Grinstead Town. Uh, it's Monday Football 2 for the teams in that division. Well, almost all of them. Uh, Corinthian at home to Cray Valley. It's Faversham against Sittingbourne. Herne Bay against Whitstable. Ramsgate against Hythe. Seven Oaks take on Three Bridges. VCD host Phoenix Sports. And on Tuesday, Ashford travel to face East Grinstead. And uh, big fixtures though, uh, over the festive period in that division because they're... they're it's getting tight at the top, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, well, Ashford are good at home, though, aren't they? Look at that eight, nine games, eight wins, one draw. Um, yeah, again, for all our Kent sides, there were a lot of sides at Christmas playing at 
whatever level from the conference down, I've got a lot of things to play for. So really, um, really exciting times uh, for a lot of our clubs. And and this is what you you know you want the momentum. You don't want games called off if all the league says we're having a bit of a break because that you know can really burst the bubble of some of our clubs. So yeah, let's continue. And I'm sure there's some absolutely cracking games that people probably go to on uh, Sunday and Monday, John, or, or Monday anyway in this division. Well, yeah, I mean, Fabrizio Sittemore and Herne Bay Whitsville, both cracking local derbies yeah. uh, there, certainly. Uh, that leaves us with the Southern Counties East League. COVID, COVID did have an impact there with five games going ahead in the Premier Division. Uh, Chatham, four points clear at the top with a 3-0 win at Wellingtown. Uh, Kennington lost 1-0 at Crowbrook. Deal came from a goal down to beat Fisher 4-1. Uh, a late goal, own goal, grabbed a point for Tunbridge Wells at home to Erith and Belvedere. And Wellington beat Tower Hamlets by four goals to one. Uh, on Monday for them as well, it all starts at 12pm when Crowbrook hosts Tunbridge Wells. Uh, then Deal hosts Canterbury. Erith and Belvedere travel to Fisher. It's Glebe against Holmesdale. Lordswood are at home to Hollands and Blair. Rustle take on Beersted. Sheppey United against K-Sports and Irith Town travel to face Tower Hamlets. And then on Tuesday, Wellington are at home to Punjab United and some managerial news uh, in the Scaffold Premier Division as well. Uh, the resignation of Neil Hunter from Lordswood. Uh, it's been pretty tough uh, for Lordswood. They sit second, bo- second from bottom in the table. Uh, Neil took charge of just four league wins in 33 games in his almost 18 months at the helm. Uh, a really tough gig for him with with... with, with being at Lordswood, who are one of the smaller clubs in that league. Uh, assistant boss Imran Engelfield in temporary charge while the club look for a new manager. But it, I'd say that's not really a particularly enviable job at the moment, to be honest, with, with all the big spending that's going on in that division. And, and I'm pretty sure Lordswood don't have any budget at all. It's, it's, it's going to be tough for them, isn't it? Yeah, um, difficult for them. And again, already conceded 65 goals in 20 games, which is, you know, I know some of the sides at the bottom do get a bit of a, pasting if you're playing some of the top sides yeah um yeah it's it's a difficult one um somebody will go in though i'm sure it's, it's a challenge for somebody to see if they can turn it around and get them up the league as well because you know with it with a get league being a bit extended next season as well you want to be involved in the premier division with big sides coming up so you know you can see if the results aren't going the way and four wins in 30 odd games um you know unfortunately results are the key for managers but Fingers crossed somebody will go in there and do it and try and uh, try and get them at the table. Yeah, a bit of managing news in the first division as well at Rochester. Uh, we spoke about them last week with Phil Miles leaving. Uh, Graham Martin, who we spoke to earlier, well, back last end, end of last season, uh, when he was at Larkfield and New Hyde, he's now been appointed as joint manager uh, at Rochester alongside the chairman, Matt Hume. So a new direction sort of for them. But uh, Graham Martin is, an, is a man who's been around uh, a lot at that level and, and I'm sure he'll do a, a decent job alongside Matt Hume. Yeah, yeah. Um, experienced again. I think the key probably that is is knowing your players. So if they can attract uh, better players to move them up the league if, from other clubs, they'll the way to do it. But we'll keep an eye on their results as well. We certainly will. Let's have a look at the results of the weekend. Funnily enough, uh, Rochester were playing against Larkfield and New Hythe uh, on on Saturday. That ended two two. Elsewhere, FC said lost 4-1 at home to Westside. Lidtown scored five in the first half as they beat Meridian BP 5-2. Got two, didn't he? Season again. Yeah. Um, spoke to his um, uncle and uh, he's really pleased how he's going on. And uh, I said, oh, he's banging him in, a real striker. He said, oh, he's been playing defensive midfield for his Sunday league team as well. So we'll big him up on that. But I, I, tried, I could find on the schedule. He used to have all the top goal scorers, didn't they? Is he? Yeah, still on there. You have, there. To, you have to look around for it, actually. Yeah, but I think he might... He must have 15. He must be one of the top goal scorers. So, um, didn't work for him at deal, but um, this level, he's a, he's a goal scorer and maybe he's, I don't know, did lead to get rid of him, but maybe other clubs could be looking at him as well because, you know, he does score goals at this level. Yeah, he, he, what he's doing, he's doing great guns. Let me see if I can find this top scorers list because I know it is around. Score. I have seen it, but you have to kind of look for it, if that makes sense on oh, the yeah, Scaffold yeah. website. Dean, if you're listening. Or but no, he's, his uncle said he's really enjoying his football and, he scores, you don't have to yeah. look too hard. It's actually on the on the front page. He's got fifteen. He's got fourteen league goals in fifteen games, yeah. uh, which makes him joint second top goal scorer yeah. in the division. So uh, yeah, yeah. Right again. I always look out for the results because of him. So and he, and he scores goals. So only a young lad still. So learning his trade. And, and, and we, we we always say that he's a decent level of football. That you know you'll have some you know chiselled old defenders and you you need a little bit of nails about you and it's working out for him again. I know um, Steve King wanted to keep him at deal. Um, so, yeah, he's got something. So, yeah, fingers crossed for him. He can go on and have a good 2022. Yeah, it's just been announced, incidentally, that uh, the Irith Town game 
uh, at Tower Hamlets, which is at Phoenix Sports Ground, uh, on uh, Monday. We'll be kicking off at one o'clock. Uh, it was listed as a three o'clock, but they've just said it's, uh, it's at one. So that's interesting. Uh, Monday games as well in the Scaffold Division 1. Finally, Chessington Hook against Westside. Uh, Forest Hill Park against Lewisham Borough. Greenways take on Kent Football United. Larkford and New High take on Snodland. It's Lidtown against Staplehurst Monarchs. Brilliant VP are at home to Brighton Ropes. Richester United take on Faversham Strike Force. And Sutton Athletic host FC Elmstead. So uh, plenty of good football going on there as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the, you shouldn't be short of a game uh, to go to this weekend, I, I, I would suggest. If, if you can get out, if you've had enough of the family, then, uh, you know, get yourself out there. Yeah, if anybody does go and listen in, just send us a 30-second price, what game you're at and what you're enjoying, what good things about it. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it certainly would. Yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent and Earl Podcast. Uh, that would be lovely to hear from any of you. Yeah, we'd, we'd be delighted to hear your thoughts on the games that you go to over the course of the weekend. There's just something else um, that I want to talk about very quickly, which is a, a physio called Kate Jones, uh, who you may have heard of. Uh, she's been around a lot around the Kent uh the Kent sort of scene and she was at Lewis last season and she's not she's not been very well uh she's been in in a, in a pretty bad state actually the last um few months or so and there's been a couple of uh of fundraisers going around for her just to uh just to try and you know get get her well help her out because obviously she's, she's struggling to work and everything. I think she's still in hospital um which is a real difficulty for her um so I do hope that uh, you can find that or I have retweeted it from the Kent Only podcast account uh, which I can't currently find uh, because I'm not looking on the right thing uh, but I have retweeted it from the Kent Only podcast account that the, the fundraiser for her um and trying to help her uh, along the way um because it's it's obviously been a, a pretty tough time uh, for Kate uh, she's she's yeah she, she's going to need chemotherapy uh, and other bits and pieces as well um so yeah, she's going to chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and she's trying to make her make her home as well as uh, the same thing. And she's unable to walk, which means she can't work, and everything is just a, an absolute nightmare for her. So if you are able to to help in any way, shape, or form, uh, you know, a really good football person who's been involved in the county. So uh, Kate, we're all thinking of you, and and if you can help, we have retweeted out that link. So do do help if you can. Also on Twitter as well, I just want to say, say very quickly, someone put out a tweet. Um, the other day saying about what's uh, what what podcasts do you like to listen to or, or it was a and it was like, and loads of people got in touch with them and actually said about us which I thought was very very kind of them so uh, we do appreciate every single one of you uh, that has uh, bigged us up there one that's, final that's thing we're second that's where silver award winner John exactly yeah we, we we must be all right at this stuff and I tell you if some of these people heard the raw uh, of these podcasts they wouldn't would they no, exactly but now they should they should we haven't mentioned that we've got part of our sponsorship deal. We brought us, well, we purchased a mic for you to, to try, John. So yes. we are moving on professional from the days of the first episode where we were stuck on a mobile phone. We are moving on. And if you do think that John sounds clearer, I'm still using the old standard laptop, but um, my dulcet tones will just be a bit crackly. But hopefully John's should be clearer. And if it is, let us know. Yes, please do. And I will obviously know that because when I listen back to it as well. Uh, the Kent Senior Trophy quarterfinal draw. Uh, was made earlier today. Uh, Wellingtown will take on Sheppey United. Larkfield and New Hyde will host Chatham Town. It's Deal Town against Glebe and Hollands and Blair against Rustall. Uh, those ties expected to be played on the 22nd of January. Uh, in the meantime, as well, uh, on the 1st of February, the 2020 Kent Senior Trophy final will be played. Uh, it will be played at um, Chatham Town's stadium. And it is between... Corinthian and Sheppey United. Now, people may remember what happened the last time those two teams met. It uh, wasn't the, the, the friendliest of games. Uh, so that should be a very, very interesting game. Uh, uh, I'd imagine there'll be quite the atmosphere at that one. Uh, but a Tuesday night in February, which if anything happens, it could well be the first game back after lockdown. That could be quite exciting, couldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting there. So um, <laughs> Rumble Central after the last game. So... Um... Yeah, again, why are they still doing that competition for games? I don't know, but that, um, it will be an interesting game and maybe we'll try and preview that beforehand when it comes at the uh, end of February. Absolutely. Start of February, 1st of February, very, very start of it. Right, uh, so that's all the football stuff. Uh, Matt, I want you to give the listeners one thing that they should be watching over the Christmas break. It can be something that's on Netflix. It could be something that's going to be on over Christmas. Just one recommendation. Ghosts. 
Ghost Christmas special tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday, so it's Thursday. A half an hour of childish humour. All good for the family. No swearing, so it's good. Always watch Ghost. And if you can catch up the um, programme from there. Um, your recommendation, John? I don't know, actually. It's not much to... Um, yeah, I, I not... bought the pound fifty book, as I told last week. Oh, Didn't yeah. Really bugger all in there. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's not going to be a, a thrilling Christmas, is it, in terms oh. of the telly? Um, so yeah, just uh, kind of, we're, we're, we're as sad as this sounds, we're planning we're going to have a month off, so we're going to go through the Netflix uh, uh, archives. Uh, the, oh, I suppose I could just mention very quickly the Grand Tour on Amazon Prime, Clarkson, Hammond, May, etc. And uh, the one that they released last week, I believe it finishes. Uh, they do a big challenge, and it finishes at Beachy Head, so not far away from oh, where right. I live at all. So yeah. you can see yeah. a little bit of the, of the surroundings that should be making you want to make. Going to Eastbourne on a holiday, your 2022 New Year's resolution. And uh, there's a lovely B&B on the front there called Baylodge Guest House. The owners will be delighted to see you. Uh, so, yeah, you should uh, check it out. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful place. But anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter, as I said, at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Jard. And we hope that you all have a very, very, very Merry Christmas, uh, despite any uncertainty that's going on. And I know there'll be lots of people that this is a tough Christmas for as well, probably yourself included, Matt. So my thoughts with everybody uh, who's, who's who's lost anyone over the past 12 months and, and um, there'll be an empty spot around their Christmas dinner table. And, and you know, I, I've, I've got a few people, unfortunately, that I know in that situation. So my thoughts with anybody uh, who's going to be finding it tough over the next few days and, uh, you know, if you if you do get really really bored, you, you, our whole archive is available to listen yeah. to. So knock yourselves out. You could spend how long if they had to listen to every 196 episodes would that take? Probably about four or five days, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're all right. about an hour long, roughly average, I'd say. So 196 oh. hours. So that's, that's about that's about <laughs> right. a week, isn't it? Weeks so, all right. Oh, when you dear, get fed that's... up with your parents, try, with with your, with your family on Christmas, uh, then you know you try and find us out. I'm sure episode uh, 83 was probably a good oh one, classic, so. mate, classic, yeah, amazing. And Matt has listened to every single one of them, haven't you? None of them. No. See, this is what I'm dealing with, people. But yeah, everybody have a really, really fantastic Christmas. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Thank you to our guests, uh, and we should be with you next week. But if not, have a happy New Year as well, and we'll speak to you soon on the Kent Only Podcast. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Carol singers are getting worse and worse, if you ask me. <laughs>